This is Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN 927's digital channel Carnival. I'm Peter Holden and welcome to the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast on RSN 927's digital radio channel in Melbourne, Carnival. Also via rsn.net.au and the RSN Racing and Sport app. This podcast will also be available via Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Deezer, the iHeartRadio website and app, and also at warfradio.com. Coming up on this week's show, we're going to preview the Sandville Women's Grand Final between North Adelaide and South Adelaide. We'll have coaches Chrissy Steen and Rick Watts on the way. But first, the latest women's footy news. We begin with a little housekeeping. There was one final trade done after our production deadline last week and it was a four-way deal between Brisbane, Carlton, Gold Coast and St Kilda. Uh, The Brisbane Lions got Taylor Smith plus picks 37 and 51. Uh, They shipped out pick 24. Carlton got Charlotte Hammonds from the Gold Coast Suns and in exchange for pick 56. The Suns got in Alison Drennan from St Kilda. Her and her husband are moving up to Queensland plus pick 56. Uh, in return they let go of Smith. Picks 37 and 51 and Hammonds of course went down to uh, Carlton. And St Kilda got pick 24 for the loss of Drennan up to Queensland. Also, there was a free agent signing and the Dockers snapped up former Eagle Tani Tester. Tani had played four out of a possible six games for the Eagles during the 2020 AFLW season. Melbourne AFLW list manager Todd Patterson held a fans Q&A on Friday explaining the D's approach to the trade period just gone. This courtesy of the Melbourne AFLW Twitter account. Yeah, we think that they can and the beauty of being able to hit that top end of the draft really gives us a chance to to get that strong uh, top end talent in. And the timing and the plan with everything we've done with is we've had a look at our list and it's been Daisy, Paxi and Junior's team for a long time. When you think Melbourne, I think that's what you think of. And so you should because they're elite players and have been for a long time. But it's time for this team to become Libby Birch, Eden Zanker, Tyler Hanks, Kate Hall, Matty Gay. Uh, I could go on for ages. It's time for it to become their team. Um, and we're in a great position to add to that group with you know five or six really good youngsters whilst we've still got the, the beauty of having Daisy and Scotty and Paxi, Meg Downey, um, leading the team, taking pressure off them, showing them how to develop, uh, go through the ranks, what the right habits are, and still really perform to a high level. So it's, uh, it's certainly not something that we just cooked up in a bit of a COVID crisis, Ben. We weren't going crazy and thought we need to do something here. Um, it's been something that's been coming for a while and it's helped really set us up for the next three to five years and there's been a lot of thought that's gone into it setting us up for that period. The retirements keep on coming in the AFLW. Brisbane's Ariana Clark has confirmed that she's hanging up the boots as well as Collingwood's Kayla Bent-Valzen. Also, GWS's Maggie Gorman and Ingrid Nielsen, Richmond's Ella Wood, St Kilda's Courtney Munn and West Coast's Emily Bosner. Meanwhile, two AFLW footballers have temporarily put their careers on hold for the Olympics, with Chloe Dalton chasing a spot in the Australian Rugby 7 side and Ali Brush looking to get a spot in the Matildas team for the Tokyo Olympics. And that's your latest women's footy news. Let's do a scoreboard check now from around the women's state leagues. And let's begin with the Sanford women's competition. We're in the preliminary final last week. South Adelaide 6-6-42 defeated West Adelaide 1-6-12. Setting up the grand final this Sunday, 11.30am at Thepperton Oval between North Adelaide and South Adelaide. We'll be catching up with the coaches on the other side of the break. Heading across to WA and the WAFLW competition. Round 5 played over the weekend. Subiaco 6-5-41 defeating Peel Thunder 5-2-32. Swan Districts 8-8-56. Easily accounted for South Fremantle 2-2-14. East Fremantle 3-6-24 defeated Claremont in a thriller. 3-5-23. The Sharks getting up by that solitary point. Round 6 action is this weekend. One game on the Saturday. Swan Districts versus Peel Thunder 12.50pm at Steel Blue Oval. While on the Sunday, Claremont versus South Fremantle at Revo Fitness Stadium. And Subiaco versus 
versus East Fremantle, 2 p.m. at Leaderville Oval. That will be the video stream game if you want to watch that. Quick glance at the ladder. Subiaco, the only site undefeated at the moment, 5 and zip. It's a bit of a tie at the moment between 4th and 5th of who will sneak into that top four as we get close to the finals. Claremont with the percentage over East Fremantle, both sides on a 2 and 3 record. Down to the Tasmanian State League women's competition. Round 5 played over the weekend. Launceston 6-5-41, defeating Clarence 1-6-12. North Launceston 5-8-38, defeating the Tigers 1-2-8. Glenorchy with the bye. Round 6 action will be this Saturday, August 22nd. Launceston versus Tigers 12pm at Windsor Park. While Glenorchy take on North Launceston 12.15pm at KGV. Clarence with the bye. The ladder looks like this at the moment. Tied for top spot, Launceston and Clarence both with a 3-1 and one record. Launceston at the moment holds top spot purely on percentage. Let's go up to the Queensland Australian Football League women's competition. Round nine of a 12-round season. And in round nine, Cullingatta tweed 6-6-42. Went down to arch-rivals Cooperoo 8-5-53. UQ Red Lions got out of jail against Apsley 2-5-17 to 2-1-13. Maruchidor 3-7-25 went down to Yoronga South Brisbane 6-5-41. Bond University big winners there 11-13-79. Defeating Wilston Grange 2 to 14. Looking ahead to round 10 action. All games on the Saturday this week. 2pm at Hickey Park. Wilson Grange versus Cullingatta Tweed. 4pm at Graham Road. Apsley versus Bond University. 4.45pm at Giffen Park. Cooperoo versus Yoronga South Brisbane. And 4.45pm at UQ Oval number 2. It's the Red Lions versus Marugidor. The ladder looks like this after nine rounds. Bond University sits top of the table, but only one win clear of second, third and fourth in a log jam. Cooperoo, Yoronga South Brisbane and Coolangatta Tweed and one win behind those, Maruchidor. An exciting finish there to the QAFLW competition. Going across to the AFL Sydney Women's Premier Division. Round five played over the weekend. UTS 4-3-27 went down to Inner West Magpies 11-9-75. UNSW Eastern Suburbs 1410 were thrashed by the North Shore Bombers 14589. Bennett Hills Demons 6743 defeated Macquarie University 2517. Sydney Uni 2416 went down to Manly Warringah 6440. While the East Coast Eagles 6945 defeated the Southern Power 4 to 26. The ladder looks like this. Manly Warringah, the only undefeated team at the moment. Five and zip ahead of both the East Coast Eagles and Inner West Magpies, both on four and one. And tied for fourth and fifth, the Southern Power and Sydney University, both on three and two. Knocking on the door in six and seven, North Shore and Pennant Hills, both with a two and three record. And that's your scoreboard check from around the State League women's competitions. We are the Australian Literacy and Numeracy Foundation, striving to empower our most marginalised communities through literacy and education. Literacy is having a voice. Literacy is opportunity. Literacy is dreaming big. Literacy is freedom. Today, you can help end inequality and give every child access to our life-changing and proven literacy programs. Your support is vital. Donate now at alnf.org. And joining us on the line now here at the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast on RSN 927's digital radio channel Carnival is the reigning premiership coach of South Adelaide. He's going for a three-peat. Well, the club is anyway, and we'll explain a little bit of interesting history with them and their grand final opponents, North Adelaide. It is great to have on the line from the Panthers, it's Rick Watts. Rick, how are you? Yeah, great, Peter. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you back. And uh, first of all, from an envious Victorian point of view, how great is it to be back with footy again over there in SA after our COVID-19 break? Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. And um, look, I I came over here probably six or seven years ago. So I've got family back in Victoria. So I know how hard everyone's doing it over there. So hopefully at some stage you can get back to some normality over there. But yeah, we're really enjoying it. The girls are Loving, um, even though it's been a bit of a reduced season, um, we're loving being back and playing footy. 
I want to rewind back before we talk about the finals campaign you've been through and the grand final that you've got coming up this Sunday at Thebiton Oval. But what was the pre-season like for you? Um, for, for yourself personally, it's your first time in the head coach's chair as the reigning Premier. And obviously going for, as we mentioned earlier, a three in a row for South Adelaide. What's that been like to try and keep the same level of intensity? In, in Not many clubs do have that honour of, uh, we hear it back-to-back, but not many of the three-peat. Yeah, it's been it's been really interesting. Um, during the preseason, we were lucky enough to have uh, I think six or seven players drafted um, to the AFLW. So we had the most players in Australia actually um, drafted once all was said and done. So we had a fair big turnover of our list, and um, yeah, we just had to change our structures and adjust and um, keep the girls motivated. Um, yeah, and we found we, we did that, obviously, prior to COVID. Um, we only played the four games, but, um, we, yeah, we sat at three and one um, uh, before COVID break. And, um, yeah, we just had to do some adjusting um, to having so many AFL players drafted or players out and a new list. Just to give an idea of not only those players drafted, but as we did allude to back in uh, 2018, then under Chrissy Steen, uh, the Panthers won their first flag uh, in, in the Sanford women's competition. How much has there been of a turnover of players, including you had Sanford W expansion in the last 24 months or so? Yeah, it's been massive. Um, yeah, as you touched on, Chrissy has moved on. Um, she went to the AFL and was an assistant coach at GWS and um, she came back this year and now she's coaching North Adelaide. Um, and when she went there, probably three or four of our key players, uh, including our pre- previous captain, um, Christy Harvey, uh, has gone over to North Adelaide. I think Christy actually played in the VFL. Um, she captained Carlton at some stage a couple of years ago. So, yeah, we had a huge turnover of players. Um, fortunately for us, we've got a really good, strong connection in our junior program. Um, our juniors have won the last uh, four, four premierships in the under-17s program and the under-15s program. Um, they've only lost one game in four years. So even though we had a huge turnover, we just kept blooding the young players um, like Tia Charlton, Indy Tahu, girls like that who come through the ranks and um, were able to fill those voids. We'll touch on those players and the games that South and North have played uh, this year to date in a moment's time. But just skipping ahead for a second, do you wonder to yourself sometimes, are you in a movie? Is this all scripted? Because we mentioned South Adelaide's going for their third in a row. To try and win the premiership for three in a row, you have to beat the side that you beat last year, which is looking for revenge, North Adelaide. And North Adelaide is now being coached by the South Adelaide Panthers' first-year premiership coach in Chrissy Steen. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, yeah, we, we actually all coached together prior to the sample as well, um, the Adelaide Uni. Um, myself, my assistant coach, Chris Bennett, um, and, and Chrissy and a couple of other coaches who are now coaching in the sample as well so um yeah probably four or five years ago we we really believed in women's footy and wanted to get it out there and and make it known and make it strong in south australia so um we all worked together to um bring a really um modern game style to women's footy i think the the knock on women's footy is it's low scoring historically and then that kind of thing and we wanted to make it really modern expansive and high scoring so yeah four or five years ago we all got together um worked with each other to, to try and um, build that brand in South Australia. And now we're at this point where we're all, uh, yeah, competing against each other. Let's go back to that game. I think it was round four, uh, just before uh, everything stopped. Um, it was a Saturday night game. You went down by four points to North Adelaide. It was just inaccurate kicking in the end, 3-3 to 4-1, uh, with the Roosters getting the chocolates there by four points. And at that stage, a fairly younger side, uh, very little or no AFLW talent playing in that match because AFLW was rolling along at that stage. What lessons yeah. can you take out of that game considering the injection we now have of AFLW talent into those both squads. Yeah, that was a really interesting game. Um, we, we led up until the last two minutes and, and we probably just went to sleep defensively um, and allowed them to transition and kick a goal, which, which sealed the game in the end. Um, we've learned a lot from, from that. Um, North Adelaide like to play, um, yeah, really modern style of footy with lowering the eye, sitting up the short 45s, that kind of thing. Um, so... Since then, we've really learned our defensive structures um, 
and how we can set up behind the ball. But yeah, as you touched on, um, since then it's been uh, since COVID the. Um, I guess the structure of the whole sample has changed with so many AFL players coming back. So we're competing with the likes of Anne Hatchard and Britt Perry um, against North Adelaide. So, yeah, the the game has even changed um, since COVID break. Let's talk about some better players from that game. Now, Nicole Campbell has played across uh, uh, that match and the major semi-final you had against uh, North, racking up 23 disposals in her first game and 11 disposals uh, more recently, just a week and a half ago. Yeah, she she was fantastic. So she came back in that game from the Crows. Um, that was her first game with us this year after being drafted to the Crows. Um yeah, she was fantastic for us there playing through the midfield. And then on the weekend, um, yeah, she got found some form again um, against Westies and, yeah, had about, uh, I think, eight or nine tackles to go with her 11 possessions as well. So um, she also played on Stevie Lee Thompson, who was the leading goal kicker for the Crows a couple of years ago and, and um, kept her scoreless um, on the weekend. So she's in some good form. Uh, one player I did uh, note was missing from um, the major semi-finals on the stat sheet was Courtney Barrett. She actually had 23 disposals um, back in the game in round four. Now, has she been missing through injury? Yeah, unfortunately, um, Courtney and also our vice-captain, Samantha Pratt, they both did their ACL. Um, uh, Courtney did her ACL back um, just after covid um, so she's she's missed the last six games, um, and she was yeah she was a new player that came to us, but gave us that inside grunt, and yeah we've been really missing her. And um, same with Samantha Pratt. Samantha Pratt did her ACL um, against North Adelaide in the first final in the first five minutes. So yeah, they've been two big losses for us. Uh, a player that uh, brings a little bit of experience and played across both games as well, Xenia uh, Kravoris, uh, 21 touches in the uh, first game back in round four, uh, a little bit quite over seven touches uh, in the major semi-final. What improvement will you be looking from her uh, going into the grand final? Yeah, Xenia's a really interesting one. She's a um, doctor and, and she got elevated to the Crows list uh, this year, um, played a uh, practice match with them earlier in the year. Um yeah, she's she's still finding her feet as a player um, and understanding the game. Um, and uh, on Sunday, she actually had 13 tackles um, and, and played a pivotal part in our defensive structures. So um, we just want her to bring that heat, bring that pressure again in the grand final. And um, as we said, she's fairly new to the game and still learning it, but she's really raw and athletic and um, super fit. So as long as she can just be compete and, and bring that energy, we'll be happy with her performance. I want you to focus on uh, two players. I'll begin with the first one, uh, Indy Tahu. Uh, 16 disposals in the game back in uh, round four, nine disposals in the uh, major semi-final. How she be coming along? I believe she's a uh, top ager as part of the AFL Women's Academy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going back 12 months in our grand final last year, she exploded on the scene and um, won best on ground with uh, 20 possessions and two goals. Um, and, and really won the game off her own boot. And um, she's had a fantastic season this year. She's in the AFL Academy. Um, she she played really well. She's We've been putting her at centre-half forward now. She's um, been getting the best defender most weeks. And, yeah, she's a really strong 17-year-old, um, about to turn 18. Um, we Yeah, we think that she's uh, good enough to get drafted um, in the coming draft, and hopefully she has another fantastic game this weekend. Another great talent as well uh, going through the AFL Women's Academy, 18-year-old Tia Charlton. Now, she's uh, racking up the stats at the right time of the year. She had 12 disposals in that game back in round four, 22 touches leading the disposals for South Adelaide in that major semi-final when you last took on uh, North Adelaide. And if I'm correct, the Powerade breakthrough player last year. Yeah, Tia's, Tia's a champion. And, um, yeah, she, she's been... Uh, her name's been thrown around for a really... High-level draft pick this year, obviously, with the Crows having um, their standalone draft. We, we think she'll be their number one pick. Um, she's just stood up at the right time uh, this year. In the last two games in the finals, she's, she's been one probably our best player and best contributor. Um, as you said, 20 possessions uh, on the weekend, and she also had 11 tackles. Um, so she's, yeah, she, she's understanding what it takes to play 
um, and the intensity that you need to play in a finals atmosphere. Um, so again, yeah, we, we think that she'll she'll be able to go head with head to head with someone like Anne Hatchard in the grand final and hopefully hold her own. That's an interesting one because Anne Hatchard, 36 disposals um, uh, in the major semi-finals. We know the uh, club best and fairest at the Adelaide Crow. She's having a fantastic 2020. What is the philosophy against someone like an Anne Hatchard? Do you even attempt to tag or do you just go, okay, she's going to rack up X amount of disposals. We've just got to try and hurt her going back the other way. Yeah, well, it was. It probably was that... um that philosophy uh, for the first final. Um, and as we know, she's, you know, we, we rate her as one of the top five players in the AFR, let alone the Sandful. So she's clearly the best player in the Sandful competition. Um, she's racked up 42 possessions in a game and, you know, for 17 minute quarters with no time on, that's huge. Um, she's played five games or six games in the Sandful now and I think she's racked up over 30 possessions each game. So as you said, she's very challenging to stop. Um, our first philosophy was to um, give, just go head-to-head with her and not really um, tag her, but uh, it didn't really work for us too well. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have a couple of girls that will put a bit of time and work into her um, in the grand final. Um, and I, I, it's not about stopping her. It's just about limiting her time and space because she's a beast and she's going to get it, um, whatever you do to her, if you've got two girls hanging off her. So it's just about limiting her time on the ball. I guess that's a tricky thing for you as a coach coming into this uh, grand final against uh, North Adelaide, that the the losses that you've had against uh, the Roosters have been very close. It's not like you've had, for example, a 4-5 goal loss in the major semi-finals, so you get to throw caution to the wind in the grand final, throw everyone all over the place, roll the dice and see what happens. Because you've lost, it indicates what you're doing is almost working. You're just not quite there yet. How much do you finesse without going too far in a grand final just to get that combination right, that you know it's working, but you've got to find the right area to tweak to get you over the line by that extra goal or so? Yeah, exactly. And um, that's probably indicative of women's footy at the moment um, with our, you know, four goals to three sort of scoreline. Sometimes it's just about taking your opportunities. And and we feel that we've been very competitive in both games um, and we just haven't taken our opportunities in both games. We've had more scoring shots. So, um, yeah, we we just feel that uh, if we can get the matchups right, get the mix right, um, and we can compete and have our pressure up, um, we've just got to take those chances and take those moments when they come and, and we'll be right in the game. How crucial is the mind games also going into the grand final? Now, as we mentioned, even though Chrissy is uh, coaching North Adelaide, the, the fact of the matter is North Adelaide last year lost. And how crucial is that early start to get in the head of your opponent of to try and give them the wobbles that they haven't won it yet, you've been here and you've done it before? Yeah, and we, we've touched on that as a playing group. We've got um, 18 or 19 premiership players in our team um, and they've only got three. And those three are actually um, previous Panthers players. So uh, for us, we know we can do it. We've done it before. Um, and, and that's what we keep instilling in our girls is we've just got to stay in the contest for long enough because the question mark is hanging over their head. Let's talk about some of the AFLW talent that you've got in your side and how crucial that is coming into the grand final. Uh, Cheyenne Hammond, for example, coming down from the Gold Coast, experienced through Nikki Gore, Hannah Munyard, who's now going to be on the Crows list after moving back from playing with the Western Bulldogs. Lisa Whiteley was with GWS, going to be playing for the Crows as well. You've got some handy talent in there. Yeah, absolutely. We've also got um, Montana McKinnon, McKinnon who's yeah. just come back from, from an injury as well. Um, yeah, we, we've had the luxury of, of having these girls. We probably would have had most of them, probably except for Lisa Whiteley, um, prior to COVID because the AFL season would have finished two or three games prior to. But COVID's really helped us in getting Lisa back and, and that's probably helped her footy to get her redrafted to the Crows or transferred to the Crows. Um, we, we're able to, with those seven players, have um, experience um, and talent in each line. Um, so... Yeah, we, we don't have to just stack our midfield with those players. We're able to put them forward and back. And, and as we've seen um, in our last three games, we've been able to put uh, Cheyenne Han- Hammond, Hannah Munyard, um, Nicole Campbell up forward, and they've all hit the scoreboard. So, yeah, it's been an absolute blessing. Um, I guess the one positive has been out of COVID that the sample has been able to inject all of this uh, local 
uh, sample talent and, um, yeah, it's paying dividends. I guess that brings up a curious thing with COVID and the shortened season. As much as 10 rounds and a three-weeks final series was it was fairly short in context anyway, um, if we hadn't had the interruptions, how was the side looking like? As much as it's hard to tell only four rounds in, when normally you go through, let's say, you go the long way, 13 games in a row, how's everyone feeling fitness-wise to you've had four games, couple of months off, you've come back, essentially a nine-game sprint, eight to nine-game sprint. Is everyone looking looking probably in a better fitness perspective, not only just injury, but a bit fresher because everything's so shorter? Yeah, I think uh, by this stage, um, everyone is, not not just our club, but everyone. Um, I think round five, which was our first one back from COVID, I think everyone was short of a gallop, um, you know, training in those pods of 10 and 20 and so on. Um, you know, really didn't give everyone the optimum time frame to get fit and, and, you know, get that match fitness under your belt. And, and we had five weeks um, of training in those pods before we played. So girls were straight back into games there. So it probably took, you know, three or four rounds till everyone really found their feet. But I, I feel that both clubs, ourselves and uh, North Adelaide, are now at a stage where we're all raring to go. Everyone's fully fit and um yeah, we're going to have a good contest on Sunday. You actually bring up a, a very good point about uh, training in pods. How has training evolved from just before round five as we're coming out of COVID to where you are now in South Australia? Because this is a journey that quite possibly the Victorian AFLW clubs will have to go through as we can only imagine they'll be in some type of stage three or, or with luck stage two restrictions when they begin their preseason in November, which is only just uh, two and a half months away. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's an interesting one. We actually took, put a positive spin on it and we actually like training the girls in smaller groups, um, in smaller rotations. So the groups of 10 were actually really good. Even though it's really time-consuming for us as coaches, we got to do a lot more one-on-one and smaller group um, training sessions with these girls. So um, for, we looked at the positive side of things and that's what I'd recommend to the Victorian coaches out there um, you don't always get opportunities to coach in small groups. You've normally got a large group of 30 to 40 players. So embrace it. Um, yeah, look what you can can do in those smaller groups. It might be a little bit more challenging at the start, but um, yeah, embrace it and, and work on those smaller rotations. And um, we got, I reckon, yeah, we had five weeks of, we probably had three weeks of groups of 10 and then we had one or two weeks of groups of 20. And then um, we went straight into games from there. Um, and then now we're pretty much back to normal just with some social distancing and, and, and that kind of thing in, in place. So um, it's been business as usual for the last six weeks. Um, but prior to that, yeah, it was a little bit of a struggle, but we just embraced it. And what's the situation like, obviously, for your supporters um, wanting to experience the grand final? We we remember back in the first round, or should I say round five, coming back from uh, COVID-19, uh, crowds weren't allowed and then it was limited numbers. Uh, what's the situation going to be like for Theberton Oval this Sunday? We know that, of course, people can watch through the Sandfall Digital Pass, but obviously for those supporters that want to get along and experience possibly a three-peat for the Panthers. Yeah, it's um, it, it's interesting. I, I think we've got a limitation of about a thousand people at the venue, um, and obviously social distancing measures in and, and that kind of thing. Um, but everyone over here has been really respectful. I think that's a big part of why South Australia has been able to stay, you know, COVID, semi-COVID free for the last few months. Um, everyone's taking it seriously and and social distancing and doing the right thing. So. Um, our supporters are really keen to get out and, and watch us. Um, yeah, round five was without supporters. I think round six may have been as well. And then we slowly, gradually moved up to about 200 and then 500 and now to 1,000. So um, last year it was a bumper crowd. It was a huge crowd last year. So we're hoping for another one within those COVID restriction rules. And finally, one last question before we let you go. We know for the South Adelaide Football Club, particularly on the men's side, it hasn't always been uh, a, a full cabinet of, of premiership trophies. They had been star for success for, for quite some time, but the yeah. women's program in the short space of time has just gone from leaps and bounds. Uh, from, from your humble perspective, what has it been about the women's program at the Panthers that's worked to have success so early? Oh, look, a, a lot of the credit has to go to uh, Chrissy and, and her setting up the program. 
initially and bringing myself and others on board um, and, and just the culture that was created there. But also um, Neil Sharp and Jonathan Parker, who were behind the scenes, um, who um, are the CEO and, and um, manage the women's program, they really embrace women's footy. Um, and we've got a, a, a lot of females on our board and um, they just they just understand you know what what's important at the club and there's never been anything that has been too hard um, we have um, all the vision um, all the training needs um, we're pretty good with training grounds compared to you know other teams and so on so I think the big thing for me is that the club is embracing it and, and, and really engaged in women's footy and respecting it and wanting to see it grow. So they're willing to put their hand in their pocket and spend a lot of money, time and energy into building a program. Well, Rick, thank you very much for joining us here at the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast on RSN 927's digital radio channel, Carnival. We wish you and the Panthers all the very best as you attempt a three-peat when you take on the North Adelaide Roosters this Sunday at Theberton Oval. Thanks, Peter, and thanks for all the exposure that you give to women's footy as well. Don't go anywhere. We'll have more of the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast on RSN 927's digital radio channel Carnival right after this. Been playing for a while, sweet kicks, because footy makes you smile, sweet kicks football, if you're getting ready for the trials gotta go the extra mile sweet kicks football not always hearing that sweet sound when you kick the ball need to develop your footwork or explosive speed want to take the next step in your footy career then you need sweet kicks more info on our facebook page or go to our website sweetkicksfootballacademy.com.au Gotta go the extra mile Sweet kicks football and joining us on the line now here at the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast on RSN 927's digital radio channel Carnival is a woman who took South Adelaide to the Premiership in the Sample Women's Competition in 2018. Now she's trying to stop them from winning their third as she's now coach of North Adelaide. They've had an undefeated season so far. Can they cap it off as Premier and Champions? It's great to have back on the line Chrissy Steen. Chrissy, how are you? I was good until I heard that intro. You've just made me nervous. <laughs> I'm great, Peter. How are you? Well, premiership's in your blood, isn't it? I mean, if we go back to when we last spoke to you in 2017, a flag at Adelaide University at Theberton Over, which will be playing this Sunday. You know South Adelaide well. In fact, you've got South Adelaide's former captain in uh, Harvey with you as well. So you've kind of got the wood on them. Uh, yeah, they're still a quality unit, though. I don't think. Uh, I don't think. Uh, look, I, w- I wouldn't think that South nor us would be um, thinking that either of us are that much further ahead than the other. To be honest, I think it's going to be a tight contest. So let's rewind back the clock a bit to obviously uh, 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 post-2019 after Courtney had then retired the first time around. Your partner, Courtney Gunn, with the GWS Giants. (laughs) You were there assistant coaching as well. By the way, we did a fantastic long uh, one-hour-plus retirement interview with Courtney Gunn, who then proceeded to come out of retirement. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, she hates that because she really is a person of her word. So, um, yeah, so she, uh, to be honest with you, that was probably the biggest thing, the biggest consideration for her. She's like, oh, I can't, I can't come out of retirement now that I've gone in. And I said, oh, bloody hell, just who cares about playing footy? <laughs> so obviously you've come back home to uh, South Australia. Um, how did the talks go about to landing the job with the North Adelaide Roosters? Oh, the Roosters have been fantastic. They were really great, actually. We just, um, yeah, I'd coached a few of their girls before and I and they knew, they realised that Maddie Slade, who's a coach in their first three seasons, that Matt was, Slade was moving on. And um, and so their old captain, Jess Edwards, and then also Britt Perry, who's obviously come back from from uh, uh, the Gold Coast and she's playing with us at the moment. So those two 
um, knew that I would uh, that I'd come back from GWS and was back in Adelaide, and they rang Daryl and said, "Look, I think that you should um, have a chat with." have a chat with Chrissy. So Daryl rang and asked if I wanted to have a coffee and I had a coffee with him and the CEO, Greg Edwards. And then, yeah, and then they offered me the job. It was really nice. It wasn't like an interview because I did have a couple of interviews and uh, and I didn't get them. So it was I was starting to feel a bit hot under the collar. <laughs> that seems to be, well, shocking. A, a, an AFLW assistant coach as you were with GWS, won a, a flag in the uh, old Sawful and then won a flag in the Sandford W and uh, getting passed over. But you've proved them wrong so far. A flying start to the year, mind you, uh, heading right up through to round four, undefeated. I want to know what the feeling was like once, obviously, the situation had come that across Australia, everyone was going down to lockdown, all the sports were stopping, only round four being played at the Sandford Women's. You were undefeated, but you had a close one against your grand final opponents in South Adelaide. What's that feeling like when probably as a coach you're itching to try and improve a few things and now everything's frozen? Yeah, it was really, it was really very, very strange. Not we'd worked so hard. We started training in the October and we'd worked really, really, really hard and we felt like, um, you know, we introduced a, a new, uh, a very different style of playing and the girls said, you know, we were four rounds in and we were really getting a handle of it. It was starting to sort of piece together. We weren't expecting that we would hit our strides until around right, round six or seven. Um, and so we but, but we were seeing, you know, really good signs and then all of a sudden it was over. So the, it was um it was weird. It was like it was like going through thirty breakups at once. That's how it felt. It was like it was like you've been dumped thirty times all at once. Because all of a sudden, these people that you see every couple of days are gone. It was yeah, it was bizarre. So everything's paused, and then all of a sudden, about a couple of months into it, even less than that, when we're talking around mid-June, uh, SA's going well when it comes to COVID cases, so they're starting to say, look, local sport can come back, and that includes Sample men's and Sample women's. What's it like as a coach having to not only restart the program, but in a way learn to coach anew with this coaching in pods, and for a while there was no contact, and if the ball goes into that area, nobody can touch it, etc.? Yeah, uh, look, um, for, uh, I have to say that we held belief that the league would start again. We really did, and we never stopped training. So the girls, the assistant coaches put a an isolation skills program together for our girls every week that they had to do, and then we had an online like Zoom fitness class, and then they had like, running challenges and, and things like that. So we, we kept training. It was starting to get a bit long in the tooth because I think, you know, I started to get messages from players saying, look, do you really think we're going to start again? So when it kicked off, um, I was really grateful, very, very grateful to the sample that they stood by their women's league and they insisted that we played out the, the rest of the season. We went the whole 10 rounds. I think that says something for the sample and how committed they are to their women. Um, but... Yeah, then then having to come back and be faced with the pod thing, and uh, you know we could only I think at first we could have groups of ten, so we had to split the overlap into three slots and have ten players in each one and a coach in each one. And I mean, luckily we train with walking, we wear headsets, so we could communicate to one another via the headset during training. But um, it was it was hard, and it's hard like. I mean, obviously, everyone knows small-sided games you get, you know, really good results from, but there's only so much that you can do with a group of 10 and keep them interested and keep the energy up. And, you know, and, and then then you're playing around with the idea of, oh, do I do it in line groups? Do I split them up? Do I do it in, you know, the, the super talented girls get to train together and the development girls are together and... Yeah, it was it was a really super challenging time as a coach, and, and I also think for the players, you know, to sort of keep themselves up, I think there was a challenge for them too. How difficult is that on 
morale and motivation when you consider as well um, there was talks about with this type of training that no one could go back in the club rooms and get showered etc everyone had to essentially in your kit get in your car go home where of course the one thing about, the one thing about sporting clubs of course is uh, not only you know everyone goes in the shower afterwards but everyone chats in the change rooms some people might have a sneaky drink at the bar or a meal and then go home there's that socializing post-training yeah, I think everyone was just, you know, hanging on for when the social side of it could come back. I tell you, the warm-up has never been so chitty-chat as when you had the group of 10 because that's where they had to get all of their chitter chattering when they were warming up. So that first 15 minutes, it because that was their socialising time because as soon as the session was over, they had to jump the fence, get in their car and go. So you've managed to go through all of that to get everyone back on the park to start round five. And if I recall correctly, it was a big win over Sturt to restart the season. At that stage, Sturt was in fourth spot. You couldn't have been happier as a coach to have everything, all systems firing from the restart. Yeah, that was really good. And the girls came back in four. Like, they came back playing. You know, obviously there's tweaks that we needed to make, but we had, you know, an injection of new players. And then... um, and, but everyone cottoned on and, you know, we all played the, the game plan that we wanted to play. And, and yeah, it was really good. It's always good to it's always good to beat Sturt. That seems to be a standard thing to say in South Australia. That Nord, it's always good to beat Nord. It's always good to beat Sturt. <laughs> <laughs> Stirring the pot on a bit of rivalry there. We love to see it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> um, you talk about the, the new injection of players. Uh, Bar AFLW talent, which we'll talk in a moment's time, um, we started to gather around um, July that women's football was coming to a stop in Victoria, and that included from State League, all levels down. Were you fielding calls at that time from any Victorians that were just kind of kicking the tyres, going, if, if I get across the border before the border closes, can I play? Uh, not so much. Uh, not so much Victoria um, from... Uh, from I, I did get some from New South Wales. And, and there was a bit of interest from Canberra and a bit of interest from Northern Territory, and, which was, was, but that was at the beginning of the season. Oh yeah, so you're sorry, excuse me. You were asking about uh, the COVID. In July, yeah. yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, we were in, we were in talks. Um, obviously, because of point system, we couldn't take on anyone new, but we were talking, you know, frequently to Jess Edwards, who's the previous captain of North, and is you know a. Um, a player at Carlton City Club, and so Jess w- would have really liked to play for for North. I mean, she still considers herself a rooster, and in our COVID time, she was she was doing the challenges, and you know, she's just an awesome person. And obviously, Jess was my captain at um, Adelaide Uni when we won the undefeated flag there. So, um, so Jess and I we get on really well, and and she just really wanted to play some footy, but as it turned out, because she's a teacher. She had to work anyway, so she couldn't get over in time. Let's talk about the AFLW talent trying to come back in as well, because in a normal year, the AFLW talent would have gone through and played their eight games in the AFLW and maybe one or two more if they made finals. Most would have been very happy to take May and June off. And then depending on whatever state, in a state league or a community league, they would have come back and only just played a, and would have been happy to play a handful of games to, to get in their uh, fill for the year. Considering for the Crows players, they only had the six matches and then, of course, the season got um, uh, shortened and then the abandoned finals. Um, did you find the, those Crows players saying, look, if I come back in, can I try and get as many games as possible? Because I feel like I really haven't had a season. Oh, yeah, they want to play. All of the girls, all of the all of the AFL girls really want to play. Yeah, so, yes, definitely. They're wanting to play the entire season. And uh, tell you what, it's, when they've come in and played, they have really had an impact. Let's talk about that major semi-final uh, where you won by eight points to go through to the grand final to take on South Adelaide again. Anne Hatchard, what more can we say? Besides the, uh, the Adelaide Crows club, best and fairest, a lazy 36 touches. And if you're playing at home and you're looking at Dream Team points, 142. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's a superstar. And, you know, Hatchie's just a superstar. She's come, I've known Hatchie quite a long time. Hatchie and I are, Hatchie and I are very, 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 very close. 
So to be able to have her here at North and be together is really special. Um, and I, I obviously I coached I coached Hatchie at Adelaide University as well, and then and then I coached her at South. So she was at South, and then South transferred her so that they could get Nicole Campbell, and they transferred Hatchie, and then Hatchie ended up just uh, ended up at North with me. So it's really been um, fortuitous. And then on top of that, she's coming you know, like raging form and, and we happen to get her at this point in time. Like you, she's by far the best player in the league. So I'm anticipating that somebody will go to her this weekend. But I, you know, like when you're talking about a player like Hachi, who can, who can run with her? That is who a- can run with that? That is a very good question, but I guess uh, one thing, I guess, to be fearful from your point of view is there will probably be someone on South Adelaide's side trying to make a name in this grand final because there's not only a premiership on the line, but for some youngsters, there's that carrot of possibly being drafted by the Adelaide Crows or another club around the country. Yeah, absolutely. And they've got some amazing young talent. And, you know, full credit to South. They've got a fantastic uh, youth program. They take their... They take their youth program really seriously, and I guess also to their benefit, the, their catchment area is is enormous. And they've also got the the biggest female uh, league in their catchment area as well. So, but the, the talent that they have is is enormous in the youth. Uh, you know, I would I think it would be uh, I think it would be a safe hundred dollar bet to say that Tia Child is going to go for Crows number one. Um, so then I think, you know, that there, there are obviously style of players that will be using it to try and showcase themselves and try and get a spot as well. So it should be a really fantastic match. You've got a good sprinkling of experience throughout the side as well. When you encounter, as we mentioned earlier, Christy Harvey, of course, originally at South Adelaide, uh, was named as full back in the uh, draftcentral.com.au Sandful W Team of the Year from their perspective. And you throw in the experience also of Brittany Perry, Ashley Woolland, and a player, of course, that we chatted to a couple of weeks ago, who's just retired from the AFLW, Intalia Radden. Yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, we we are. I'm so sorry, Peter. Since you started talking, there is absolutely torrential rain here. So I'm sorry if the noise is is a bit much there. Um, yeah, I mean, look, we're really, really lucky. We've got talent in every line, and we've got um, we've got a mixture of speed, and we've got a mixture of height, and we've got a mixture of like new players, and then we've got old heads that can make decent decisions. So the balance in our team is. Is, um, is that's one thing that I'm super happy about. Can you talk us through one of your players in Lauren Gauchi, who's uh, racked up disposals in both games against South oh. this year? Back in round four, 19 touches, leading disposals for the Roosters, and then, of course, backing it up with another 14 touches in the major semi final. Lauren Gauchi is, uh, she played her first year of club footy last year. She is going to be a superstar. And if a AFL club is not smart enough to try and pick her up now, they, they want their head red. She is amazing. She's super fast. She's aerially uh, gifted. She, her skills are good, but her decision-making is brilliant. Uh, she's, she's an absolute superstar in our team. Another player to look forward to coming into the AFLW, but not in 2021. She's actually a bottom ager in the under-18, so you'll have to wait to 2022, is Hannah Ewings. Yeah, hands off, Hannah Ewings. Nobody can have her. I've got her for another couple of years. Um, yeah, she's, I mean, look, Hannah could go and play in the AFLW right now. I mean, there's things that we're working on and there's things that she knows she needs to work on, but she is talented enough right now to walk into any team and make a difference. Another player that's been talked up by by the draftcentral.com.au team has been actually one of your forwards. She's just 20 years old, Brianna Arthur. Yeah, it's interesting with Draft Central because um, what happened in a couple of games that they uh, that they analysed, the commentator here in the SNFL was attributing Ashley Woodland, was getting Ashley Woodland mixed up with Bree Arthur. And every time I touched the ball, they were saying, oh, Bree Arthur again. And Ash scored a goal from 35 metres. And they said, another goal from Brianna Arthur. And so when Draft Central wrote that, 
Right, the thing about them, they said on, you know, this absolutely dominant display from Brie Arthur, and it was, they were actually talking about Ash Woodland, but Brie Arthur in herself is, you know, she's young, and uh, like last year she had an ACL injury, and she's come from that, and uh, and the thing with the thing with Brie is she's fundamental to our structure, because she's really intelligent, she's a very, very intelligent player, skills are beautiful, um, and she'll, you know, you could ask her to go over the coal, and she'll go over the coal for the team. Oh, that's brilliant to find out. It's good to know that Brian Taylor isn't the only one who makes mistakes in commentary. He does have friends. Um, another player that's also been uh, racking up the stats for you, I think 17 disposals in round four. Uh, also picked up 13 disposals uh, a week and a half ago. Um, again, mentioning Draft Central, they named her on the interchange as part of their sample women's team of the year. Uh, Caitlin Pope. Yeah, Pope's got a hell of a lot of interest from different clubs, um, from different AFL clubs at the moment. She'll uh, she, she'll go for sure. I mean, that this is yeah. I don't know if she'll go to the Crows, uh, but if they don't take her, there's uh, there's enough people banging on the door at the moment. She's look, Pope's Pope's brilliant. Again, she played her first year of football last year, so so this is this is really her second. This, this is her second season here in, in the sample. So she had one in the amateur league and, and she's come to the sample and she's fantastic. I mean, she, her speed is elite and she's just so damaging and she runs around people and, again, she's a very intelligent girl and wants to learn and, you know, spent a hell of a lot of time trying to learn the game and, and her role and, um, yeah, so she, 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 you are correct. She is a superstar. Uh, big contest in the middle as well. Uh, your Beck Rashid is going to be up against Matana McKinnon. Yeah, Beck's a, Beck's a beautiful story for us because her dad, Mick Redden, is the uh, leading games player for the North Adelaide Football Club. So he's a real legend. And their name, the Redden name, is both of her brothers played for North and the name Redden is synonymous with North Adelaide. So her dad, like Nick's come down a few times to work with the midfield and, and I know that she works with her with rocking and stuff. And so, um, yeah, it's and, and she's such, you know, like back in her own right, she's played very high-level netball, very, very high-level basketball um, and obviously couldn't play footy because there was no footy up north where she is. They travelled three and a half hours to come to training and then three and a half hours to go home. And so she, um, yeah, so she's a real big body and, and she's, you know, like, she's probably, she's not the fastest player on the park, but she's always there and she clocks up a hell of a lot of Ks and she's just got that, you know, that country, people in the country have just got this inner grit to just dig in when you've got to dig, they're there and, and that's back to the T, you know. So she's really important to our team. And I, and I really hope, to be honest with you, when I think about winning the flag, um, it, Bex probably is the forefront of, of my mind. That I, I just hope that we can do it for her family because Mick played. I think it was, I think it was 375 games and didn't manage to win a premiership. And, and you know, the Redden, no one in the Redden family has won one yet. So it'd be really nice if we could do that for them. I was looking back uh, against some stats from the major semi-final uh, win over South Adelaide. You virtually dominated, dominated in every department bar two. They just marginally had you on disposal efficiency and they uh, betted you uh, 12 to 6 on contested marks. So I guess uh, the, the one fear is uh, you seem to win the ball when it's on the ground, but when it's in the air and when they're going well by foot, that's where Souths can beat you. I guess pressure, pressure, pressure. It's what it's all about for this Sunday. Oh, look, most of those marks came in bloody in, their, in our um, attacking 50. So their defenders, you know, it was, it was our own fault. Most of those marks were, if you look at the actual disposal winners, five of their top 10 disposal winners are defenders. And that's because we completely lost our forward shake and... And their defenders drop off and they zone off. And, and we were being stupid. We were just dumping the... We weren't playing how we play. And uh, basically, we were feeding them the football. So, so yeah, it was disappo- that was disappointing for us. So there's a number of things that we're going to do to make sure that that doesn't happen again. 
But yes, I think regardless of that stat, Peter, this, and, it, and this will come from South as well, I think this weekend's game is going to be an amazing display of pressure, pressure, pressure on both sides. It's an interesting one to, to, to coach in when you look at the... Uh, the the idea of the mindset of both sides going into it because you've won both games and it's been by close margins. It's whether you keep doing the same thing that you've always been doing, no, it's worked well for you, but then you've got that trap of are they going to play the same way or not? Because if you'd beaten them, for example, by five goals in the major semi final, then you know they're going to roll the dice, throw players around, try absolutely anything. They're going to try the opposite of what happened last time around. But because they've got so close, you're almost in a predicament of are they going to try the same thing again or are they going to go radically different? Uh, look, yeah, we've got, we've done our what if. So we're, we're pretty much prepared for for what could get thrown at us, to be honest. And, um, yeah, I I think, um, look, personally, I think you have to focus on what you do well. You don't get to 11-0 without having done something right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our score, it's more like we beat teams by a little. We beat teams by a lot. So when we get it right, we get it really right. But there's obviously some fundamental things that change when we play south. So uh, there's not much, but I think there's certain things that we've we've got to look at and that we have looked at. Um, And I would also anticipate that they're going to do something differently as well. Going into this grand final... How's the side looking when it comes to fitness? Because you, you mentioned about winning 11 games in a row. If this was a normal season where we didn't have the COVID-19 break, when we get to the end part of a season, yeah, there's a few players that are going to have a little bit of injury niggles because that's sort of the wear and tear of the season. But in reality, because of the stop, you've had something, what, of a, a seven-game-in-a-row run, plus the week off, courtesy of winning that major semi-final. So do you see the side a lot fresher than what normally would be uh, the state a grand final team would be in? Oh, yeah, I think we are, but I also think they are as well. You know, I mean, they had uh, a lot of their best players were rested for three, two, three rounds before they hit the, the game against us. So they've only had a couple of games and, you know, sometimes maybe that works better for you. You know, maybe your second game, your third game in, you're, you're firing again. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, look, I think both of us are probably fresher than what you would be in an ordinary season. Um, and, and it's always great to have the week off. But I don't, personally, I'm not anticipating that we've gotten an edge by having by having the week off. I don't think that there's been that much edge that's been that's benefited there. Now, listeners may have heard a little voice in the background. Your son Buzz is there. Now, we should mention, of course, your partner being Courtney Gum, not only a great player with GWS and, of course, uh, uh, spent 2020 AFLW with the Adelaide Crows. She had played at South Adelaide and she is still involved at South Adelaide as well. So um, who, who, who's Buzz the spy for, Courtney or yourself? You and Buzz gives us nothing. Buzz, who do you support? Do you support the Roosters or the Panthers? He's right here, right now. He's thinking. Oh, he just said both. I'm sure he said something else to start off with. And then, and then when he saw my horrified face, he probably thought he was never getting the iPad again. So he changed his answer to both. I think the the fear of I'm not going to be sent to bed without dinner, am I? <laughs> no, it's all very good. I mean, look, a lot of my friends are at South. A lot of I've got really, really strong relationships with um, with you know a lot of the players there. Um, Courtney's obviously their senior physio. Um, you know, I you know I. Set up, I originally set up their program in 2018, so I'm friends with the administration staff and, and some of the support staff, and and then um, you know, like it's yeah. I think look, when you take the field, you take the field, and then when you're off the field, it's we're just all all people again, to be honest with you. But Courtney gives me bloody nothing. I was hoping to get a spec here and there, but she won't even talk about it. But if you know the out the 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 effect, the knock-on effect of that is really good because we don't talk about football at home. Whereas when we were both at South, 
and we were both at Adelaide Uni, you talk about football a lot because it's a shared thing. Now, because she can't talk about it, and I don't want her to split, slip up and say anything about my team, we don't bloody talk about it. No one's talking about footy. It's awesome. <laughs> Now, one last question before we let you go. Of course, you know, you've done great things in New South Wales, uh, as we've seen also getting to AFLW level with the GWS Giants. You're part, actually, of the uh, AFL Women's Coaching Academy, the second intake for that, as we've mentioned, flags at Adelaide Uni and South Adelaide. Where in the resume and what does it mean to you if North Adelaide should be victorious this Sunday as premiers and champions? Uh, well, it's pretty huge. Uh, yeah, I, I look, I honestly try to not think about winning. Uh, I try to not think about flags because because I think your focus as a coach should be whether they're enjoying themselves, whether they've developed, whether the football's exciting. Cause that's, that's something that's really important to me with women's footies, to try and make it exciting because I think that makes it more exciting for the girls as well. Um, but this one is this one keeps creeping into the back of my mind. And as I said, you know, the, um, the, uh, there's the, the Beck Redden, Beck Rashid story, and then and then there's, like, the club has, they've lost two grand finals. They've made finals three times. And, um, and I just, I would really like to be able to bring it home for them. They've worked their asses off, and I just think they really, really deserve it. And it, it, would, it would mean a lot to me, not, not for me to put it on my resume, not for me to win another flag, it would mean a lot for me to be able to see them enjoy it. Well, Chrissy, thank you once again for joining us on the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast on RSN 927's digital radio channel Carnival. All the very best in the coming days as you prepare the side for this Sunday at Thebiton Oval, taking on your old side, South Adelaide, for the 2020 Sample Women's Premiership. Thank you, Pete. It's always fantastic to talk to you. And that concludes the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast on RSN Carnival for yet another week. Don't forget this podcast airs every Wednesday, 6pm Australian Eastern Standard Time on RSN Carnival. That's RSN 927's digital radio channel right here in Melbourne. Also via the RSN Racing and Sport app at rsn.net.au or later on on the Wednesday evening you can find the podcast by going to warfradio.com or your favourite podcast platforms such as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Deezer, iHeartRadio. Just search for Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Just type in the address, then slash WARF Radio. Until next week, I'm Peter Holden. Thanks for your company and it's bye for now.